peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good What do you want out of life? That's a question that if you ask 50 different people, you'll get 50 different answers. Everybody wants something different out of life. The thing about life is it's a lot shorter than most of us realize. It's going to go by a lot faster than most of us realize. It, It feels like just... Two days ago, I was 18. Sometimes I still think I'm 18 years old. Your body will quickly remind you as you get older that you are no longer 18 years old. Now, I'm still nimble and I can still move about, but your body will definitely let you know you have aged. There's no end of books on wealth, on how to gain wealth, on on how to get to that next status, on how to attain um, the, the items that you've always wanted, the house you've always wanted, the husband you've always wanted, the wife you've always wanted, and, and all of the material gain. Now this, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with material items in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with getting material things nothing wrong with that we we see in the book of proverbs chapter as a matter of fact i'm going to go to that verse first i didn't plan on going to that verse i was going to go to mark chapter 8 and verse 27 but we will go to the book of proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4 and 5 let's do that Because I don't want it to be misconstrued like I'm saying that there is something wrong with being wealthy because that is far from the truth. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. The Bible says he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. So we see there in the Bible, a person that'll work hard will get some things. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be super wealthy and have everything you want. That is not this is a lot of people have this idea that of or a false idea, false perception of what riches really is. Let me give you an example. If you have a roof over your head, clothes on your back and you've eaten today, you are rich. Because if you if you go to one of these impoverished third world countries, which many people will never venture to, I've been to some, you will find out real quick just how rich you are. 
even when you think you're at your poorest point, you're rich. Anyway, didn't mean to get on that tangent, but in the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 27, I think I'll read down to verse 38. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Who do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered, and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. <laughs> Think about that. Let, let that scene sink in in your head. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in glory uh, of his of his father with the holy angels. What shall think about this? Let me get let me get back to it. I think it's in verse uh, 35 for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's sake, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Think about. Anyone you can think of, any of these motivational speakers, any of these dudes that that do the the wealth seminars. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying. I'm born again. I got saved years ago. I thank God that he intersected my life with the gospel. I'm thankful for that. 
Would I would I like to be wealthy? I'd be lying to you if I said, no, I don't want wealth at all. I don't let that run me. I don't let that rule my life. If it comes my way, if that's what, what if God blesses me in that way, hey, I'm thankful. If that never happens, I got food in my belly, a roof over my head and clothes on my back. And and realistically, the the conditions, right? Even having all of that stuff, the conditions that I have it under, I'm rich. I'm rich. But just imagine any any of these, you know, you you take any motivational speaker, any any rich guy that does seminars on how to be rich. Without Christ, I would not trade places with one of those dudes. I don't care how much money they have. Because in the grand scheme of things, when this life is all over, when it's all said and done, when you close your eyes for the last time, when you pass from this life to the next without Christ, yeah, all that money meant nothing. With Christ, true riches, true riches, because the party really starts after you die. The party's not here. The glory and the joy will start for the believer once they take their last breath. Not saying that you can't have joy and don't have joy here. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just just as these verses said, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Lazarus Lazarus died and a rich man died. The rich man woke up in hell. He saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. He didn't ask for money. All he asked for was a Lazarus to dip his finger in some water and cool his tongue. That's all he wanted. This chasing after money has condemned many people. Because what many have done is they push God off to the side and they say, I'll have time for that. Just, yo, I'm, let me put myself in this category, even as a believer, right? There was a, there was a time where I was doing my own thing as a believer and in my mind, stupidly, and I thank God for his grace and his mercy for allowing me to live and, and, and giving and extending to me mercy so I can live for him. But in my mind, what I was thinking is, uh, I'll get back to living for God at some point. I'll return at some point. I spent too many years saying that in my head. And I'm when I tell you I'm thankful to God that I'm not a stain on a wall somewhere, super thankful. I should have been. I should be. People do that with salvation. They say, oh, after I get this or after I do this or after I attain this, then I'll then I'll revisit this idea of salvation. The grip of this world is strong. Notice when Peter had just confessed that the Lord Jesus Christ was the Christ. And not even too long behind that, 
the Lord Jesus Christ turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. That's crazy. But it's what he said after he said that. So in verse 31, it says, and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. What often happens is a person confronted with the gospel, confronted with that eternal question, where will you go when you die? You have violated God's law. The law condemns you. There's none good. No, not one. There's none righteous. There's none that seek after God. Right? We're all in that position. And that's the point where you repent, where you turn from that and you believe the gospel. You put your your faith and trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ did as payment for that sin. That look, when you when you honestly do that, honestly, and I'm not saying that you you can never that that you will never sin after that. That's not what I'm saying. So don't don't get my words twisted. I'm also not saying that you'll do that and just go live how you want. That, that truly changes you. Like it, it really does. If I remember, I remember even in the moments when I was at my worst, I remember thinking to myself, God, what am I doing? What am I doing? What is going on? What is happening? So thankful to God that he had mercy. But when when a person truly believes that, like when you really believe that, you are changed. It's look. Imagine coming to the conscious realization that there is a holy God. You have violated his law. You stand in judgment. You deserve death. But in your place, Christ died for you, took, he paid your debt. Imagine coming to that conscious realization, receiving that and then going, oh, okay, I'm going off to, you know, do what I was doing. Now, that's not how that works. If you truly believe that, that that changes you forever. My thought process will never be the same. But oftentimes a person will push that aside because they want to hold on to to something, whether it be a goal that they have, a thing that they want to achieve or something that they know. Well, man, if I get saved and God changes my life, then I might not be able to do X, Y and Z. Bartering their soul for a thing. Bartering their soul for. For cash. 
think about that. I was once in that position, heard the gospel for the first time and thought to myself, ah, you know, I have to change and I have to do this and then I'll have to go to church. I'm so thankful to God that I gave in. Super thankful to God that I gave in. How many people have died without God? Opened their eyes in a place of eternal torment and thought to themselves instantaneously back to a time where somebody preached the gospel to them or back to a time where they were confronted with that decision. Like this is the crossroads. What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I going to get saved? Ah, but you know, I still got some living to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. Oh, there's this chick over there. I want to talk to think about what you're doing, bartering your soul for cash and things. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You could do a business conference right now and you could fill that joint up to the brim. Everybody wants that sauce. Everybody wants the sauce on how to get that bread, how to get that paper, how to get rich, how to get that money. To anyone out there who is pushing God aside, that's not thinking about God, all oh, this religious stuff and these religious people. Ah, Look, it doesn't matter now. You think it doesn't matter now. You're not worried about it now. You think you're not going to be worried about it then. You close your eyes for the last time without God. Trust me when I tell you, not only is it a big deal, it's the only deal that matters and that has ever mattered. And if you're out there and you're not saved, you just don't know it yet. But I hope you come to a conscious realization and find out before you die. Stay frosty, people.